Welcome to another episode of Millennials to Millionaires. I'm Alicia Ace West. I'm Daniel King Sold. I'm Tui Tui Estate. In this episode, we're going to do a little Q&A. There were some people that had um, some questions that they really wanted us to answer. So, I mean, if you got any questions, make sure you just DM us. Um, leave it in the comments of the YouTube channel or on our Instagram, wherever. And I'm sure we'll get to them eventually. One day. Yeah, one day. One day we'll have another one of these Q&As. But, um, yeah, so the first question is... First year in real estate, what was that like? So, Tui, I'll let you kick it off. No, no, go ahead. Let me hear your first year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got it out the mud over here, you know? My first year in real estate, uh, it started off a little challenging, you know, uh, just trying to transition. I, like I said, I used to have a car dealership. I used to sell cars. So, for me, it was a process where I was rebranding myself. Everyone for the past 10 years knew me as the car guy. So now it was like, how do I become the real estate guy? And um, I deleted everything from my page and I started posting homes and, you know, like news articles regarding real estate. And I started kind of going from there. Um, I joined a team because, you know, I understand that mentorship is, is very valuable. Now, when you join a team, uh, you take a big pay cut on, on the commission. So instead of, you know, a regular brokerage where you're getting a 90-10 split or an 80-20 split. My split was like 50-50, mm-hmm. right? But he was also providing me with leads as well. And my fear was coming into the industry and not being able to excel out the gate. Whatever I do, I try to do it in, in a perfect way and I try to do it in an excellent way. So getting started, I joined the team. First month, um, I, sold a, I sold one of my friend's houses that I sold the car to. So I transitioned, like I said, my, my client base. And um, it, it was challenging. At the, at the first time, um, he said he was trying to contact me. I had a new phone number because I wanted to, uh, my last number was, the last digits were cars. Mm-hmm. Now my phone number is 991 sold. So I wanted it to, to, to be related to my brand. Got you. He said he was trying to contact me on my other line for two months. He couldn't get a hold of me. He finally got a hold of me on Instagram. And he told me he already signed up with, with somebody else. Damn. And I was, like, heartbroken. I'm like, this was my first possible deal I could have closed. And I just figured out what I could do to earn his business. I'm like, listen, brother, I'll give you a deal on the commission. What, what do you need? Like, I get you new tires for your phone. He's like, oh, you know, I need a new phone. And at the time, I signed a brand new contract for mm-hmm. an iPhone X at the time. I'm like, bro, I'll give you my brand new phone if you trust me and give me your business. Ended up giving him my phone, took my SIM card out popped it into my old phone, and that was my first listing, right? And I sold that property under a week, and that kind of got the ball rolling for me. Once people saw that I sold my first property, it was, um, the rest was history from there. And then a few months later, I stumbled upon the Niagara Project, and, you know, upon connecting with um, some influencers, one of my boys, Nero, who was also on this show as well, and some other influencers as well with, with large followings, you know, posted the project for me, sent me a lot of traction. And, um, you know, my first year, I was able to sell over 100 units in my first year as a real estate agent, which is kind of unheard of. Um, but that was that was my first year. How was your first year, Tui? You, you were highly blessed and favored for your first year. But Tui, on the other well, hand. You, you know how inflation works, right? So after time, like certain things are more valuable, right? So my little money money that I made in my early years, you know, after inflation, it's probably the same, you know? Okay. <laughs> but my first year, no, my first year did not look anything like that. My first year, like I was, 
21. Mm-hmm. So imagine me, I'm just a young kid. I'm not even finished university yet, you know? So it's hard for people to even trust me with their property. You know, I, I, I was young and I still knew a lot. I was knowledgeable at the time, but at the end of the day, I had no experience. So when I first got into the industry, I was killing leases. Everybody, this was like downtown Toronto condo area where everybody had a condo, Parkland, everybody had a condo. Yeah. And I was killing leases. I was going crazy with leases. Everybody that needed a lease, boom, needed a condo, boom, Dan Lecky. You were the lease man. All these man. places, I was killing leases, you know? And then fortunately, my aunt, my aunt, uh, you know, she gave me the opportunity. She had a house in Brampton. And I'm like, Auntie, I swear, like, you know, I could get it sold. I'm going to be, they can make sure I do the best job for you. I'm going to make sure I get it sold fast. You know, and I, I treated that listing like it was my last. I went to Walmart. I spent like $600 getting like um, new floor mats, new shower curtains. Like, you know, back then you used to put the, the, the cover over the toilet seat. I used to get all that stuff. You know, I went, cleaned up the whole washroom, cleaned up the kitchen by myself, everything. Like I went super hard and she saw how hard she I was saw you going. put in that work. Yeah, you know. So I mean, I came from like I came from like hustling and grinding, you know. So I understood like you have to you have to kind of give it the same sort of energy, you know. And 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 she saw that, and I was able to sell that house in in two days. Oh wow! You know, and she was happy to. And I think I thank God for every day because at the end of the day, like that kind of like you said, that kind of gave me the head start. That gave me the that that propelled me into the career that I have now. And you know, from there, I never looked back. It's so weird. People need you to. S- to see you actually do something successful before yeah. they're they like, oh them. yeah, like let me trust you or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And it's the same with me in terms of like working in media. Like once you get one job, then mm-hmm. they all come. And mm-hmm. it's weird, but you just have to have that one person that's really gonna see your vision yeah. and be on your team as well, most, right? Most definitely. And, and it's kind of hard to like, especially when you transition to a new career, to kind of like shed preconceived notions about you Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's kind of hard, especially when you're like changing careers. Like me, for instance, like I felt like it, it was kind of tough for people to see me as this new like real estate mogul or whatever, you know, and it kind of took years mm-hmm. of, of, of like pestering and like posting and showing them, like, hey, like, you know, okay, oh, whoa, this guy's actually doing something. This guy's actually, oh, he's actually for real. He's actually for real. And then I feel like, you know, it wasn't until I like, feel like three, four years ago where people were like, okay, like. He he's for real. Like this he's is something he's this. really doing. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And before he was like, oh no, he's just doing this, doing that. But I think after like you know after like three four years, we're like, okay, you know what? Mm-hmm. He's really doing this thing. He knows what he's talking. Most about. Most definitely. How was the rest of your first year? Because I know not everybody comes out the gate and has a first year like I did. And a lot of people come into real estate thinking they're gonna make a hundred grand in their right. first year. It's extremely tough. That first year, I feel like I forget what the stat was, but majority of real estate agents within their first year quit. Because mm-hmm. that's the toughest year. Like that's when you see people's true colors. People you thought that were gonna deal with you don't deal with you. Yeah. And then you hear through someone else like, oh yeah, so and so bought a house. You're like what? Like they know I have my real estate. Well, right there. Yeah. We're great together. <laughs> like you just like my photo. And I was at his birthday party last week. Yeah. And that's that. That hurts, right? So yeah. You kind of gotta get used to building that resilience to that. Mm-hmm. And I think after a while you sort of build this tough skin and you build that. Sort of like, yeah, like I said, the resilience to it. And then before you know it, it stops, it stops affecting you the same way it would have. You know, I think my first year, I think I only made like $32,000. I think that's what I ended up making, you know? So, so that's know. like a very entry-level job. Yeah. Right. But mind you, if you look at it, an entry-level job, you'd have to commit eight hours a, a day, day. For five days a week. Five days a week, mm-hmm. indefinitely for the whole year. Mm-hmm. This was like... 
15 to 20 leases and then a sale, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, and and because I loved what I was doing, it didn't even feel like work. Yeah. Like I loved going out for showings. Like there was people that I would take for showings that I thought they were going to buy and they would consistently waste my time, Mm -hmm. consistently. But at that time, I didn't see it like that. I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm getting the practice. Like even even like the smoothness and open up in a lockbox. Mm-hmm. Like there's a finesse to it, you know. There's certain certain ones you hadn't even seen before. The ones that have like letters on it, and like <laughs> you have to like s- twist it back like a, like a school lock, twist yeah. it forward. Like there's the weirdest lock boxes sometimes you see, you know. So I love that experience. Like I used to just go out for showings, and I'm like, yeah, if they buy or they don't buy, I don't even care. You yeah. know, I want to see this house myself, anyways. It's kind of like you practice. Know? It really is. You get in your reps in the yeah, same yeah, as LeBron like anything, would be shooting right? and stuff like that. It's like it's the, the ten thousand hours thing, right? Yeah. How many hours have you really put into this? Mm-hmm. So two different first years, but both are on the path of being very successful. Of course. Um, how did you guys? One of the other questions was like, how did you guys end up choosing your brokerages? Well, like I said, I joined the team, so it was a family friend. He was mm-hmm. with a certain brokerage, and I just kind of went under his wing. So I ended up transitioning and staying on that brokerage because the split that they had was outrageous. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, most brokerages will take a percentage out of your deal, mm-hmm. where with this particular brokerage, you pay a flat fee of like 500 bucks. Okay. So whether I sold you know, this mansion that we're in right now for $3 million, mm-hmm. I pay them 500 bucks mm-hmm. as opposed to paying them 10 or 20% of my commission, yeah. which could be a, a, lot. a, a big number, a lot, <laughs> a much, a much different number. Something you don't really want to give up. Exactly. <laughs> so for me, because I've been in sales my whole life, like mm-hmm. King Soul didn't just start when I started selling real estate. Before that, I sold cars. Prior to that, I sold hot tubs. Prior to that, I sold hardwood floors. And I worked at Sport Check in high school selling shoes. And mm-hmm. so I've always been selling and I always had that sales background. Yeah. So I didn't really need all the training. I know some of the bigger brokerages, like they have like different training programs and webinars you can log into every day. Like I knew how to sell. And when it comes to real estate, you have to be personable. Like mm-hmm. you, you can have a conversation with anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what you do. You talk to people for a living. Yeah. Right. So you can sell real estate. You know what I mean? Because it's like people, people that like you and they want to deal with you. So it's your personality. So once I realized I didn't need as much support mm-hmm. as other new agents, I said, you know, I'm going to stick it out here mm-hmm. at this brokerage, pay a small fee and, um, get as much uh, deals as I can done. And then also be able to work with like family friends, you know, exactly. Some people who you can actually be close with is For sure. a win-win. And having that support is key because, you know, in the beginning, you're know, filling out paperwork and mm-hmm. missing a comma and checking off a box can mm-hmm. result in the contract being null and void. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So you want to make sure that, you know, you have the right people looking over your documents as well. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, you miss one signature and that $100,000 commission you thought were getting you're not getting that anymore. So it's very important that, you know, especially when you're doing your documents, you know, you have somebody that's going to be guiding you, someone that can look over that, that has your back and your best interests at heart. Yes. What about you? How did you decide to go with the brokerage? Um, I think my, my look on it was a little different to Daniel's. Um, When I started, I went with a brokerage with um, somebody that I actually was kind of a fan of, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I liked the way they were doing things and I liked what the brand they built and I like their name that was being built in the city, you know, and their style of real estate. Like people have to understand there's, there's so many different niches within the real estate industry. Yeah. Right. There's people that only do pre-construction. There's people that only do commercial. There's people that only do resale. There's people that only do 
plazas. There's people, there's so many different, so many different niches within the industry. So it's, you kind of have to align yourself with somebody that does what you want to do, mm-hmm. you know? So a lot of brokerages do resale, but my brokerage that I ended up starting with, they didn't do a lot of resale. They were big on the, in the pre-construction industry. Mm-hmm. And something that they practice early on was buying into whatever they're selling. And I loved learning that because that's a concept that stuck with me till now. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm, if I'm going to stand behind a project and sell a project, then I want to be able to believe in it whole, wholeheartedly and buy into it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's, that's what allowed me to at least, you know, get to where I am now because I've actually been able to invest in all those products that have come along the line over the last seven years. Mm-hmm. You know, so whereas I do give up, well, at that time I was giving up 10%. You know, I didn't, I didn't see it as me giving up 10% of my commission. I thought I saw it as I was getting more than 10% of value because even me buying this one, two, three, four condos that I bought because you showed me how to buy it or you showed me to buy it made me three, four hundred thousand dollars You know what I mean? So yeah. the 10% I was giving up is negligible at that point. Mm-hmm. The brokerage I am at now, I'm giving up about the same, about 10%, but it's but there's also like a bunch of fees that go into it too. But when you, it's a bigger brand now. Mm-hmm. So it's a different type of style, but there's still benefits in it as well. So it's kind of like people got to find out where they fit in in this whole spectrum of real estate because mm-hmm. there's so many different places. You know, if you, if you want to, you know, speak to people on a daily basis and try to get their listing to sell their home, then, then those big brands will work for you. If yeah. you're a hustler, which is I, what I considered myself when I started working, I was good being like, a lone ranger. You didn't mm-hmm. have to know where I worked, but you knew me. Yeah. And that was good enough. So let me show you what I have in front of me. Let me show you why you should buy this and invest in this because I bought into this. And that was kind of like how I got started mm-hmm. and my style of real estate. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest part as well. A lot of people feel like brokerages like are like what represents them. But at the end of the day, it's people are you. buying you. It's only yeah. yeah. There's only there's over sixty thousand realtors in Ontario. Mm-hmm. What's gonna set you apart? You know, what's gonna make someone you know, earn your business as opposed to somebody else, right? It's not because I'm at Remax or Century 21. It's because, you know, when I look in your eyes, I know that you're going to do the best job for me. I know you're going to go above and beyond to get me top dollar for my property. And you're going to be honest with me as well. So I think that's, that's very important and that's very key and very essential in, in order to, you know, understand that, you know, yeah, you can hang your hat on the wall somewhere and they're going to give you some support. But at the end of the day, you yourself are your best salesperson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have to be the best representation of yourself and not the company that, that you work for. So what are some things that um, people who are looking to get into real estate as a career should look for in a brokerage? I mean, it's tough because like Daniel's saying, it's like you could look for certain support. It depends on the type of person you are too. Mm-hmm. If you are coming from an employment background, then you like that sort of structure. You like that systematic approach to making money. Yeah. If you're coming from hustling and being an entrepreneur and doing things on your own, you may not need a big brand Mm -hmm. to stand behind you because you're used to getting it on your own. Me personally, I liked doing things for myself. Like when Mm -hmm. I, when I, I've been with bigger brokerages and it's cool, but you don't see that value. You know what I mean? You kind of don't see, it's like, okay, I'm paying all this money, but it's like, it's, it's more the name. It's, it, it's certain things like yeah. that. You have to find value in those things. Exactly. Right? So um, is 
Finding a brokerage kind of like a job interview, do they interview you or do you interview them? You interview brokerages. Okay, and you then you just decide which was what's the best you want to go. Got you. Yeah. So it's a reversed interview. Cool. You got it. And so how, um, another question was how to prepare for your real estate career while you're in the studying process. You know, I always say that, like, especially the, in the day and age that we're in right now mm-hmm. with technology and with COVID, you know, you have to be a master on social media. That mm-hmm. is, you know, what propelled my career in my first year, you know, selling over 100 units. I did that just off Instagram, yeah. right? A lot of agents come into the game and they door knock. Right, they go around, knock on strangers' doors. They could cold call. You know, they get a phone book or you get a bunch of people's names off a website and you call mm-hmm. them. I know personally, I like to put myself in other people's shoes. Mm-hmm. I hate it when duck cleaning people call my phone. <laughs> like, yeah. oh my I hate God. it. It's, it's, the most, it's the most annoying thing. And I don't like people coming into my house unannounced as well. Mm-hmm. Right, like, come over if I invited you. Don't, don't knock on my door. Right, so I feel like that's a way of business, like in the... In the 80s and the mm-hmm. 90s. Today, when we have this piece of technology right here, you know, people are on their phone eight to 10 hours a day. A lot, yeah. You know, the majority of the, so it's not like I'm not looking to put up a billboard or a, a, ad at a bus stop shelter mm-hmm. or a newspaper ad or even I mean, an ad can, on TV. You still could, but like you can just get a little bit more personal when you 100%. have direct access. Like we no longer have six degrees of separation. It's like two. Exactly. <laughs> so I would recommend, you know, build a list of your entire warm market, you know, rebrand yourself on social media, do a nice photo shoot, you know, go pose in some mansions, you know, book a showing at a mansion and go over there. Start rebranding yourself. And I feel like once you get your warm market to know, like, this is what I'm doing mm-hmm. and I'm taking this serious, hopefully, you know, they will support you in that endeavor. But I think that, you know, marketing to your warm market and using social media to your advantage is definitely the best way to get a head start. Even running ads on social media, on Instagram and Facebook ads, and target it towards a certain specific audience and group that you're trying to reach. In my opinion, that is far more resonating and far more positive than, you know, putting up a bus, uh, an ad at a bus stop mm-hmm. or in a newspaper because I don't know when's the last time you read a newspaper. Yeah. I haven't read a newspaper in probably over 10 years. So. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any tips for anybody studying for to get their real estate license and yeah. how they can just kind of establish their career? For sure. I think, similar to what Daniel was saying, I think tapping into your immediate circle is huge mm-hmm. because in this real estate industry, you can spend endless amount of money trying to get in front of people that don't really care to see you. Yeah. But the people that know you, that you have personal relationships with, those people, like, unknowingly, they kind of have an obligation to sort of help mm-hmm. you, you mm-hmm. know? And you kind of got to play into that. You have to let them know, okay, this is what I'm actually doing. This is what I'm taking serious. And you got to show them with action as well. Like he yeah. said, you got to brand yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for me, a huge, a huge crutch for me when I started was my family, immediate family. I have a family that understands the concept of investing heavily. Yeah. So I, I aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, they supported me heavily. And I think that's what allowed me to really, you know, seek success and then allowed people to see what I was doing and emulate that. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if you're starting out, don't be afraid to hit people up. You can hit me up. You can hit Daniel up. You know, mm-hmm. I, like I love seeing people get into the industry. I see people that look like us getting into the industry at a fast rate now. 
seven, eight years ago when I started this, there was nobody. I was, I was literally like, you know, a needle in the haystack, mm-hmm. you know? So don't be afraid to hit up somebody that's doing it for mentorship or even just to come along. Okay, let me link up with you. Let's grab lunch. Let me pick your brain or let me come along with you and you're doing showings or something because the faster you are at accumulating those 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 crucial skills, those those skills that are needed early on, mm-hmm. the faster you can propel, the faster you can get a, get off to the races. Yeah. I would like to add to this and it's applicable to any position really whether you work corporate or starting your own business is to have transferable skills. Learn um, how to edit video. Learn about social media marketing and how to buy ads on there. Um, learn if you can and if you're if you're starting out and you might not have the budget to hire like a really good photographer, learn how to do take photos, right? Um, learn how to do as much things that could potentially help you with your career and could save you money while you start getting your um, feet on the ground. You know what I mean? Um, And I think that works for whatever your jobs are because when you have certain core skills, when you go to other jobs, you'd never know how the employer will be able to utilize you with those skills and they might actually end up hiring you over somebody else even though you might have less experience for that specific position. Mm -hmm. But because you bring so much more to the Mm -hmm. table, they might be like, okay, Companies nowadays, they love a diverse background. For they sure. want they people that know a bunch of stuff. Yeah, they want to see value. So yeah, that's always my tip. It, no matter what you're doing, whether it's in real estate, corporate, or independent because you're an entrepreneur, um, just try to have as much transferable skills so it will help you. I think you're absolutely right because I think for myself, I think the fact that I have an art background, I think it shows in like what I post or what I do or how I wear what, mm-hmm. certain things, you know, and I think that's helped me before too like I've gotten clients like oh my god I love what you're wearing like oh you're pretty stylish you know and, and they've mm-hmm. reached out to me and I've sold them property essentially yeah, bro, I like your t-shirt thanks I'll sell you a property <laughs> 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 but yeah you never know like, yeah you never, you never know what's what's needed but honestly also people need to like if you're trying to get into industry I think you got to immerse yourself in the industry Mm-hmm. It's not something that I think you could just pick up and then you can't dip your toe in. You gotta no, be all in. You gotta you want, be all in. You want like, the results? You gotta be all in and jump in man, two feet when, deep. When I was a kid, I spent more time watching HGTV than I mm-hmm. did YTV. <laughs> Honest to God, I love like, my friends will attest to it. Yeah, yeah. all day that beyond. Flip this house, you know, flip this house, house flippers. That. You know, house hunters. I was killing that stuff. You Before know? we wrap this Q&A, what are some daily routines that you guys currently have that helps with your success and making your job easier? Well, just like we said, you got to jump in two feet deep, first of all. I would say, you know, either get up early or go to sleep late, like work where it's most productive and you don't have as much distractions. Mm -hmm. So if you can get up at, you know, five or six in the morning and do two or three hours worth of work, maybe you're sending out emails on MailChimp, maybe you're creating an email campaign, maybe Mm -hmm. you're running ads or, Mm -hmm. you know, developing a social media strategy, you know, doing that. But it's not like um, a job where you put in that eight hours a day, 40 hours a week. When I got started, I was working like, 10 to 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I was really putting that that time in because I knew that 
it's kind of one of those industries you get out whatever you put in. Yeah. If you put in 100%, you're going to get 100% back. You put in 50%, you get 50% back. There's 80% of agents do one to two deals a year. Yeah. Right? And only, you know, a very small amount actually make six figures or even seven figures at mm-hmm. that. So I would say, you know, take it seriously. Treat it as a business, not as just a regular job. And if you want the, you know, the great results, you have to have that great work ethic to start with. Mm-hmm. What about you? I mean, for me, I think daily routine is kind of hard for, for someone to, to adopt the exact same daily routine. But certain things that I would say people need to do is, like I said, you have to immerse yourself in the industry. If there's something you don't know, you got to spend time researching it. So it all depends on what level you're at in this journey that mm-hmm. you're on, right? I don't get up that early. I get up at 8. But I'm literally working around the computer till like 12, mm-hmm. maybe even 1 o'clock sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, so it is a combination of a lot of things. You're reaching out, you're touching base with people that, you know, that maybe potential leads that that could turn into something. And maybe you're just, maybe you're poaching, maybe you're checking out the market, maybe you're talking to people that may be interested later down the line. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's always that constant, that constant, um, you know, that constant like drive mm-hmm. to sort of make contact with people. Because at the end of the day, it's it's a relationship business, right? Yeah. It's a service. You're in the service industry. You're servicing people, so you got to make contact with people as much as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think. It takes a, it takes a whole mentality switch too because now your money's not guaranteed. Yeah. So you're living off commissions, like you're literally living off commission. So every bit of time that you're spending, mm-hmm. it matters. Mm-hmm. Your leisure time can't even be leisure time. It's, it has to be like leisure work time. Yeah. So it's like you have to actually love it so that when you're when you are working, it feels like leisure. When mm-hmm. I'm looking at listings, when I'm going up or showings, when I'm reading about property, like I love it. It's not even like work. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think when it gets to that level, it'll allow you to be, you know, more successful with it as well, too. Mm. I would suggest, like, piggybacking off of what you said, um, really knowing how to manage your finances. Mm -hmm. Because especially if you're kind of slow at the beginning and you're only getting a couple of properties a year, you have to be able to live off of those. That money stretch. Right? So don't, I guess, live outside of your comfort zone um, because, you know, you're going to go broke and you're going to end up having to get a part-time job or go back to corporate or wherever you are. So make sure you manage your financials responsibly. And then um, the other thing I was going to say is always be learning. Um, Read as much as you can because at the end of the day, the industry switch in changes as much as technology does, right? And so they're just like Daniel was saying, there's other ways for you to market yourself and your properties outside of the traditional ways, which was newspaper, TV, out of home, and radio, right? So there's this whole new digital world that constantly evolves. And as much as people kind of laugh at social media, like some of the older heads or they don't believe in it. Like social media really is a powerful tool that could sell you millions of dollars and um, really change your whole trajectory of your life if you focus and you put in the work to create the content and, you know, learn it. Honestly. All that takes is like for you to do that is one, like reading and learning about it and then two, putting in that work to... Um, makes success happen. No, I think you're right. And another thing or last thing that people need to kind of do or exercise if they're getting into the industry, Mm -hmm. I find, like I've I've spoken to a lot of new agents and they always say, okay, but 
I don't have no clients now. What do I do? Like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. And what it helped me earlier on is the pre-construction industry. Mm-hmm. So there's only a select few people that are looking to sell their home or looking to buy a resale home. Yeah. The, you, can't, you can't appeal to them. Mm-hmm. But the, the pool of investors... People are always huge. looking to make money. People are always looking huge, to make money. Huge, huge, huge. And there's so many products. I believe in 2019, Toronto had the most, the most cranes in North America up. Wow. Had 140-something cranes. That's so crazy. that says there's a lot of development. And all those developments need people to buy units. Mm-hmm. And investors essentially don't have a cap as to how many they can buy. Mm-hmm. So if you position yourself well with a pre-construction product that you can market now, now you can appeal to so many people that you don't necessarily would normally appeal to because their investors not someone looking to buy their dream home. Mm-hmm. And with investors, it's a money thing. So it's does this purchase make sense, sense. financially? Yeah. Less about oh, this doesn't have hardwood floors. Oh, this doesn't have five bedrooms. Oh, it doesn't have This is have just, what's my marble. return? It's not it's emotional ROI. at all. Mm-hmm. It's all about the ROI. And I think mm-hmm. if, if people have a good mix of the both, of selling resale properties, people's dream homes and first-time home buyers and that sort of thing, yeah. but now you're dealing with investors as well and you understand how to find value in projects, then you're going to be successful. Awesome. Well, that wraps up our Q&A. I actually have a book that I would like to recommend. Well, I one. I'm joking. Okay, we can do rock, paper, scissors for it. We could all recommend one. Um, what I Know For Sure by Oprah Winfrey. I have it. I've read it multiple times. It's a really easy read. It's essentially a journal of... Um, just different aspects of her life she kind of breaks it down into like gratitude and she'll tell like these little short stories about something that she was grateful for or how she practices gratitude every day and she kind of like does that for all these different categories love like her career and I just think it's a beautiful book that um, kind of allows you to see the world a little bit different so what I know for sure is what she feels like she has learned and knows for sure in her very long and beautiful career so i really love it and i get inspired by it regularly so i think you should pick it up too amazing shout out to oprah yes (laughs) and yeah that's another episode of millennials to millionaires i'm alicia ace west daniel king souls i'm tweet to estate Mm -hmm. and if you have any more questions hit us up on instagram at m2m.podcast or on our youtube and we'll get to them one day Hopefully. <laughs> we will. We love you guys. We that, love you guys. I know that Season for sure. Three. What I know for sure is we will get to them. 100%. <laughs>